0: Welcome to the Freestyle podcast series, bringing you real stories from those living with diabetes. We hear about the challenges they face and hope to provide some inspiration for living your best life. I'm Claudine, and this episode is definitely going to have the X factor. Amelia Lilly is a singer and actress who stunned viewers with her audition on the reality TV show when she was only 16. She's grown up in the public eye, all while living with type 1 diabetes, and says challenges only make her stronger. Please remember that before making any changes to your diabetes management, discuss these with your healthcare team first. Amelia, hi and welcome to the podcast series. It's great to have you with us.
1: Thanks for having
0: me. So let's start. A long time before you were famous, at the age of three, you you're diagnosed with type 1. What are your earliest memories of that? So
1: for me, I mean... Obviously, I was so young when I got it. I don't even remember life without it. Um, and I, you know, my mum actually has to tell me everything what happened when I got diagnosed. Like, I used to run behind the settee when it was injection time. And, you know, and it was just, it was, it was quite full on for my mum, I think, as a parent, you know. And I think I owe a lot to my mum because, you know, she, she had to raise a child with, you know, type 1 diabetes. And the only bonus that I had was that my uncle had it. So we kind of knew, you know, how serious it was, what the complications could be and also what we kind of need to do in certain situations. But it was tough. I've never sugarcoated, you know, my life living with diabetes. And I'm, I've always been very black and white about it and very honest. And I think I'm not a perfect diabetic. You know, I, I, I work hard at it, but I had my bad years as
0: well. You mentioned your uncle having type one. So what was it about his diagnosis that obviously made it easier for you and the family to monitor and manage your diabetes?
1: The top and bottom of it really was the fact that my nana actually recognised the symptoms that I had. You know, I was thirsty, I was tired, going to the toilet all the time. I just was quite and, um and my nana recognised this and I went to the doctors and I got referred to the hospital straight away. I'm really grateful in that aspect that it never got too far on and too late, the fact that, you know, we recognised it.
0: And so then moving on, obviously, into the, your, the early stages of your life and at school and everything, how did you manage your diabetes in those instances? Being in school, I always felt
1: you know, like I was a bit special, let's say, because I, if I was having a hypo, I could have a biscuit. Um, and all the other kids were like, why does Amelia get to have a biscuit? We don't. And I felt great about it. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just having a snack, you know. Um, but, you know, I obviously, kids don't get it. And I think, you know, when you are that young, you just, that's just, that was just part of my routine, you know, knowing that I had to inject and, but it was tough, you know, and I was in the school choir and, Um, And that used to burn a lot of energy for me and I actually had a really bad fit um, in the school hall in front of everybody which was really sad and I woke up in hospital and you know I've always been very open about all of this and not many people know about that And, um, and I woke up and I went into school the next day. And I got a round of applause from everyone in assembly. Um, and it, you know, I, I loved it. Like, I, I loved the attention. I was like, everyone's applauding me. You know, I was a kid, but, you know, I've always been strong and I've always used it um, to my advantage, let's say. And, let's, and, I, and I like to be, I'd like to think that I've inspired people um, growing up with it and, and hopefully, you know, inspired parents with, with young children with type one that you can have a normal life still.
0: So you touched on there obviously um you know coming back into school and getting applauded and um you really liking that kind of centre yeah. attention um piece. <laughs> so at what point in your life do you reckon that you you decided that singing was the way that you wanted to go? So
1: believe it or not I was really shy when I was a kid and I was about 9 years old and my brother heard me singing um in my bedroom. I was just literally singing to myself and I was singing Um, a song by Anastasia and he came in my room and he was like oh my god you can sing I was like can I I was so shy wouldn't sing for us all barely even spoke to us all Um, and then I got up in front of um, my old local dance school and sang a song and that was it and I was nine and I just continued to grow as a performer, as an entertainer, I started getting into musical theatre and would learn the whole script of, you know, Hairspray and Legally Blonde and Wicked, the musical, and I would go to these auditions and, you know, at my local dance school and I'd go dressed as the part. And, you know, I would literally... I was I was dedicated, I was committed. Um, and it all started from there. And then the whole singing thing, the actual... Focus on that happened when I was about 13 and I picked up a guitar for the first time and I learned my four very first chords on the guitar.
0: So then you get your big break and dream come true. You're on the stage on the X Factor performing in front of Gary mm. Barlow. How does that feel? And <laughs> can you describe those moments? Do you
1: know what? I, when I look back at the X Factor, the whole thing feels like a blur. Um, I was so young and I was fifth. Was I 15 when I first applied and um, turning 16 I was and I I had my school prom um, and that was it. It was my school prom. And the same day I had my two rounds for the X Factor. So I had a producer's round and a director round and i'd been to london in the morning and i had to race home um and i fashionably turned up late to my school prom an hour late and everyone was like where have you been are you going to be on the television and i was going not telling you like i didn't tell anyone i literally i did not tell a soul the only people that knew was my mum. Uh, my dad and my brothers and literally got home and I waited two weeks and I got a phone call saying I was through the judges round which was the televised one where obviously you see see me in front of the judges for the first time and I remember after that audition I just got stronger and stronger and I feel like I really grew up on the x-factor and it was just incredible looking back
0: so obviously you're building yourself up for that big moment. From your diabetes point of view, how do you manage the adrenaline? And obviously your glucose levels must have been going through the roof. It's very hard it to manage. Hard. It, it was very hard. And like I say, like,
1: I do big my mum up a lot because as she basically had the condition um, in my eyes growing up with me because she had to learn all about it to look after her child so my mum kind of dealt with it all, even when I was on the X Factor, my mum was literally like still there, at the other end of the phone, and it was a lot, it was, I didn't neglect it, let's say, but it was tough, I had a lot, I had really tough schedules, I was trying to monitor, obviously my diabetes, it was just a lot to deal with for anyone, never mind a 16 year old girl that had just left school, like a few months before, so it was a lot, but do you know what, I I think I did a good job.
0: (laughs) So you make it to the final, and suddenly you're releasing top 10 singles, you know, your life's completely thrown into the spotlight. How do you manage to carry on monitoring your diabetes when you're up at all hours of the day, traveling all over the country and living out a suitcase? It's really funny, because I think, you know, my
1: series of The X Factor was one when it was at its peak point, you know, it was a, It was one of those iconic series. I was known as the comeback kid. I got voted out week one by my own judge. The public voted me back in five weeks later. And this little pink haired comeback kid from Middlesbrough just took over. And I was all over the newspapers every day. And it was just the most overwhelming experience. I remember leaving the show and um, I had two weeks off and I came back to Middlesbrough and I sat on the sofa for two weeks and I didn't move. I was like, I need to rest because I was exhausted and then in the new year that's just when all the carnage started and I got my record deal I was in the studio every day I moved to London it was full-on and I moved to London I'll never ever forget my mum rang me 13 times in one day because she was that worried about my diabetes I've never ever got over that (laughs) and it was hard and like I have said before I did neglect it a little bit and not out of choice. I literally just didn't have the time to juggle everything about. It was so much to deal with as a 16 year old. And I, I genuinely don't think I could have done any better than what I did. You know, I did the best job that I could. At times I could have done better, but hey, I was a kid, you know. That's all about growing up. You learn from your mistakes. I don't regret anything either, but it was hard at times. I was so crazy busy and I was on my own all the time.
0: You touched on being on your own and you'd left your whole support network moving down to London. How did you go about finding a new support network that you could rely on or were you constantly in contact back home?
1: I was very lucky. I've always had an amazing relationship with my nurses and doctors back um, at the hospital up north and I actually had most of their mobile numbers. Sometimes if I would go to LA to shoot a video shoot, my nurse would say, just text me when you're there. And if you need help with what times to have your nighttime insulin, let me know. And I could do that. And I've always felt very lucky and very grateful for that, that I've had that support system from my doctors and nurses. And They've said to me, like, don't beat yourself up because we know how crazy busy you are and you do the absolute best that you can do. And I'm so grateful that I have that support system, not only from them, but from my mum, my friends. Like,
0: I'm very lucky for that. So everyone has good days and some not so good days. But when do you feel was the turning point with your attitude with diabetes? So my
1: turning point has got to be a few years ago, actually. I'd just come out of a long-term relationship and obviously wasn't in a good headspace. And then my career just rocketed. Like literally I ended up being in Celebrity Big Brother and came runner up on that. I then landed a leading lady um playing Princess Fiona in Shrek the Musical and Everything was going so well for me and I just thought I really need to take control of my diabetes because I was starting to get in my early 20s, let's say, and I just thought to myself eventually I want to have a family one day and have children eventually um, and I want to be the absolute healthiest that I can be before that happens. So that was definitely the turning point. And I discovered um, one of my friends, Vanessa, on Instagram. And she is actually called the Diabetic Health Coach. And she literally changed my life. And we're actually best friends now. And we created our page this year, um, Type One Underscore Team. And it all started from us doing live Q&As on my page. And just wanted to vent a little bit about living with diabetes and talk to each other. And it just kind of blew up. And... You know, our aim is to be exactly what I've been on this podcast and exactly what Vanessa is, and that is honest. And, and that's, that's all we want to do. We want to motivate people, and we want to reassure people that everyone is okay. And if you have a bad day, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, we all have bad days. But, yeah, and hopefully raise awareness as well. I think that's the most important thing.
0: So if you could say anything to your 16-year-old self, what would that be? God, that is a hard one, I would
1: say. Don't put too much pressure on yourself about what other people think about you and focus on yourself and on your health. That's what I would say to myself. You know, because I was brought up in this world where I was followed and photographed and always people in my face and telling me what to wear. And if I could tell myself and tell any 16-year-old is be who you want to be and remember just to focus on you and your health because at the end of the day, health is the most important
0: thing. So, a lot of people in your position in the spotlight always talk about obviously having so many people around you, but you can feel the most isolated that you've ever felt in your life. How did you kind of cope with that as well as having the diabetes?
1: Ah, uh, do you know i I don't actually know i i i i I sometimes sit in bed at night and think, "How did I deal with that i just i'm I surprise myself at how well I deal with certain situations and You know, I've been in the media and the public eye from such a young age and having, you know, diabetes from a very young young age, it's all been a lot to take on board. And, you know, I think I've always said this, but diabetes was probably the best thing that could have happened to me because it's made me into the strong person that I am today. You know, obviously, it would be nice not to have diabetes, but at the same time, I... I feel like it's part of me um, and I wouldn't be Amelia Lilly if I didn't have it,
0: you know. You've touched on how your mum's your rock and that's come up, you know, quite a few times in the conversation. But she's going through her own challenges at the moment. Can you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, so... um...
1: My whole life, mum would say, I wish I could take it off you, you know, the diabetes, and I have it, and be careful what you wish for, guys, because mum got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and it was a massive shock to us all. She'd been unwell for some time, and she lost a lot of weight, and her eyes were starting to go blurry, she was thirsty all the time, and I decided to check her levels um, on one of my old metres. and her blood sugars were 33.3 and I remember ringing my brother and I went you need to come round right now he went why I went I think mum's type 1 diabetes like diabetic and like he was like what what I was like we need to take it to hospital right now and mum was going can I go in the morning I just want to get a good night's sleep I said absolutely not we're going now we took her to a and and you know we literally got straight through they didn't even make us sit in the waiting room they took us through they checked her monitor monitored her and everything and then all of a sudden me and my brother are stood in this corridor and they've took her in this room and she's got all these attachments on her and everything and they've just brought me into the room they said do you have any idea what's going on I said I think I know And they told us she was type 1 diabetic and they asked if she could start injecting there and then. And she did. And, you know, the whole thing was pretty scary and we never saw it coming. But the only positive I think that I would say at the time was she was so educated on it. And a blessing, really, that she'd had me, you know, my whole life have it. And she'd learned about it growing up with like me growing up as a child. And, you know what, she's absolutely... I could get choked up talking about it, but she's literally took it on like an absolute champ. And I'm so proud of her. She's just, yeah, she's just completely took it on like a champ. And and it's, you know, it's so nice. I'm literally getting choked up here. But she, um, it's so nice that she can like relate to me now and I can relate to her. And
0: she's just done so well with it. I'm so proud of her. Uh, it's obviously that she's educated herself so well yeah. to keep you on track that she's
1: like when it's like meal times and stuff she'll say is the carbs in this I'm like well mum I used to ask you these questions I was like are you just looking for excuses to ask me a question because you know what a carb is <laughs> like you know so it's quite funny <laughs>
0: Yeah, I suppose the education path is slightly different for people diagnosed today compared to when you were diagnosed, obviously, with the internet, and you spoke about how you, you know, met Vanessa through Instagram. How do you find social media has changed the way people see diabetes?
1: I mean, this, this is a great topic for me to talk about, because I think social media can be so bad, but at the same time, it can be fantastic. And diabetes is one of the reasons why I think it's amazing because, you know, I get so many people messaging me on a daily basis saying, my son's just been diagnosed and have you got any tips? Like, will he will he still have a normal life? And I'm like, of course he'll still have a normal life. It's so nice to reassure people that it's okay and that they're not alone and that it is quite common. But it's been
0: brilliant. You touched on there how, you know, you love it when people send you questions or ask you about diabetes. What point did you realise that actually talking about it was a powerful thing to do? I think for a long
1: time, especially through my X Factor uh, process, you know, I was scared to kind of open up and I thought it might hold me back in certain ways, let's say. And I'll never forget when I left the show and I did my very first interview about it and I opened up completely. And it's the best thing I ever did. And I feel so good when I speak about it on a daily basis to messages on Instagram or just anybody in general. Like even if I bump into people like walking about and I see that they've got like the freestyle Libra sensor on and and I'm like, Oh my God, I've got one as well. And you know, and then it's like the conversation starts and you find out about that person's life and how they deal with it. And I just think it's incredible I really do and, and, and I love speaking to people about it I think it helps me speaking about it because I feel like it's my kind of form of therapy let's say that I get to speak about it and speak about if I've had a bad day if I've had a good day and I think it's so important to talk now please speak
0: say if, if you need to speak and if you feel like you've had a bad day So, what advice would you have for other people living a hectic lifestyle and how do you manage it?
1: I guess I don't know any different. And that, I guess that's worked in my favor. You know, I kind of left school and entered this crazy world of being in the public eye from a very young age. And I'm almost glad it happened that way because I think if it happened now, I probably wouldn't have done it, let's say, not because I don't like it, but I probably, wouldn't have wanted to take that risk I maybe wanted more of a stable job but I just think life is about taking risks and I just think why not I'm I'm here to live my life we only get to be here once um and I just think I'll live the best life that I can possibly live and do all this exciting stuff and that's just yeah that's just how I've just chose to deal with it I guess
0: You talk a lot on um, social media about being diabetes warriors and fighters uh, of the condition. What do you mean by that?
1: I guess I've always kind of looked at myself as a bit of a warrior, let's say. I think, you know, when you live with a condition like this and you just want to get through each day and you know and do the absolute best that you can and that has always just been my goal is to just get through each day and do the absolute best that i can i don't deprive myself of anything diabetics are allowed to eat sugary foods and drink alcohol but just like any other person it's just everything in moderation and we just do have to monitor our levels a little bit more closely than others so yeah
0: And so finally, if there's anyone listening with diabetes or without, who wants to get into the music industry and, you know, get their big break, what advice would you give them?
1: I would just say, you know, remember who you are, remember your identity um, and who you are as a person, especially if like, you know, you are a type 1 diabetic. Remember that as long as you're doing your best, that's all that matters and You should never, ever, ever let it stop you from doing anything. And I get asked this all the time. Will my child be able to, like, do what they want to do growing up? Of course they can because I am living proof that you can. I have gone on to have the most craziest life, literally no routine whatsoever, and I make it work, and I do an all right job. So if that is not living proof and that is not an example, then I don't know what is.
0: Well, the result of the judges vote is back. And unfortunately, we're both out because that's all we've got time for. (laughs) Amelia, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your story and the best of luck with your career. If you'd like to follow Amelia, you can follow her on Instagram where she's at AmeliaLilly11. And if you want more information about living with diabetes, then check out our fantastic education site, Freestyle Progress. There you can find the Freestyle Academy, tutorial videos, webinars, the rest of this podcast series, and lots more. That's all online at progress.freestylediabetes.co.uk. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
1: The information provided is not intended to be used for medical diagnosis or treatment or as a substitute for professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or qualified health provider regarding your condition and appropriate medical treatment. Individual symptoms, situations, and circumstances may vary.